Hey everyone, Neve here. Just a quick disclaimer. It seems that we've been using phrases and concepts that are similar in name to some game theories out there. We just want to clarify that any relation between what we're speaking about and said game theories is strictly incidental. Alright, let's get to the show. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Roll narrative where we talk about narrative games and try to get you to I don't know try some new stuff I'm your host Neve and with me as always is the sorcerer supreme Amit how's it going everyone so Amit it's our second episode very exciting I mean I didn't expect us to to get that far yeah definitely not <laughs> and we have to step it up now what do you got I have something very special. We're going to talk about the defining principle of narrative gaming, the I, way we see it. I am ready. Right. So very simply put, the defining principle of narrative gaming, again, the way we see it is a question that you need to ask yourself throughout the game. And that's what's going to be interesting to watch next. That sounds pretty simple. It continues the thread from last week where we said that a, a game is kind of like creating a work of fiction together. A narrative game? Yeah, a movie, a uh, book, TV show. Yeah, that works well because it's kind of like a series and yeah. finales and we talked about that. So this question really helps us, helps the GM, helps the players, we'll talk about it, to watch what is going on with our work of fiction and to see when certain scenes have exhausted themselves. So if we compare it to maybe a simulation game where the point would be to make things as realistic as possible and track, you know, the characters through the daily motions, even through the momentary motions of attacking and so on and so forth. Here, what we want to see is what's going to be interesting. Similarly to an editor or a director of a TV show, we want to think about what's going to be cool to watch right now. Or has this scene maybe exhausted itself and we want to move to the next scene? These kind of questions all stem from this first question that we mentioned. So, I mean, who's, who's responsible? Is it the GM? Is it the players? I think everyone is responsible, but I think we're going to start with the GM because that's the most obvious answer. Yeah. The GM really is, in a way, the editor and the director of the work of fiction that totally, we're going totally. on. Totally, Right? They choose where to go next. We don't know what will be behind the next tree, behind curtain number one. We don't know what the character, you know, the NPCs are going to do next. This is, this is coming from the GM. We as players, I mean, we don't know that. So the GM has, in a way, all the information except for what the players are going to do. But that's good enough. And the GM, yeah, that's the main person who's watching for are we doing something that's interesting right now from a narrative perspective? Or should we move on? Aren't we kind of taking away the player's freedom in a way? Because if you're playing a simulation game, then you can do whatever you want until whenever you want. And the GM, he doesn't stop it. He can ask you what you want to do next, but he doesn't stop something if it's, let's say, not interesting for him. Why would players want to lose that, let's say, freedom? Right. So, yeah, I think in a simulation game, the, the GM wouldn't stop someone from doing something that they can realistically do. 
because, you know, that kind of value of simulating reality is held at the highest degree. But here, I think it's an agreement. It's more like an agreement between the GM and the players that we want to have a very cool experience. Also, as viewers of this work of fiction or this TV show, we put the story first and not our character. Exactly. First. And it's not a decision that the GM can make on their own. It's something that the group decides when you start a game or a campaign or whatever. Players give the GM the responsibility of being the director while they focus on playing their characters. So I don't think it's a freedom taken from the players. It's actually, I think, the opposite. I think that the GM's role, in a way, is to set things up so that there can be interesting scenes starring the characters. It can actually liberate or even aid the players in bringing really cool moments into the game and creating those moments in influencing the the game story again this is a choice just like anything else if you want to play a card game you want you know it's a different type of role-playing game slightly different type of role-playing game i have one friend that said to me you know i mean i don't really like this new type of game he was kind of indirectly referring to narrative games because it takes away my magical feeling of not knowing what's going to come next And I want as a player to just kind of be oblivious. I do respect that. And if you can have that feeling again when you're oblivious, that's cool. I think it's very difficult to do nowadays. I mean, when we were teenagers, it was much easier to make a simple story of dragons and elves and just play a simulation and really enjoy it because whatever happens, we were in a magical world, so... Everything is interesting, but when we get older and we consume so much fiction and we witness such amazing stories being told, we can't help but want to make our own. I agree. I think it's a maturation of this player from the past. It doesn't have to be the only, but it's one variant of maturing and going into a different kind of game. So yeah, so we mentioned that the GM is watching for what's interesting right now, and we're going to talk soon about what's the main tool for GMs to craft the, the story. I can't wait. But I also want to talk about the players and their role in watching what's going on on screen. Traditionally, the GM is responsible for these things, but the players could also have a part in watching what's going on on screen. Every player is responsible for what they're putting on the screen. So just to give you an example, if one player decides that their character wants to buy something, go into a shop and buy something, and they start haggling, and they fail the role, and then they try again in a different way, or they don't give up, so they, it gets violent. A whole scene ensues revolving that player's little side issue. That player should... in a certain way, be aware of what they're putting on screen. It could be awesome. It could be that everyone is pissing themselves laughing, you know? And it's an awesome thing and everyone is enjoying. But it could also be that everyone is groaning, dying for the scene to be over. But Amit, it's what my character would do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think in a narrative game, it's not just about... simulating in a real way what your character would do it's also that but that comes second to the story if you're going to destroy the story by including in our three-hour movie a 30-minute scene about shopping for a, I don't know what a dagger that's totally focusing on your character and everyone has to watch that with you while they're not enjoying it that's not really narrative gaming 
I think it also constrains you because if one of the characters is shopping or something like that and then the other characters want to do something they might just go shopping themselves and then we'll have scene transitions between shopping and shopping and things are just gonna get worse and worse they might still want to do something but they won't be able to drive the story forward so they'll do something that's less than interesting to them yeah that's basically the principle it's the question and the next point really is how do you do that you have to be as a GM and also as a player but mainly as a GM quite aware of what's going on around the table you know people's level of interest I'm not saying that that's all you should care about you have a lot of other things to worry about but you kind of have to be aware see is this scene exhausting itself is it finished are we just going to now spend a lot of time doing very small things that don't really drive the story forward and when you get to that point you need to apply a very basic tool the cut tool cut tool you mean like control x yep that's exactly it no what i mean is the cut tool from movies oh when the director yells Cut! Instead of letting the scene continue on to the uninteresting realms, you just say, okay, guys, I think that's pretty much it. We're gonna wrap up the scene and move to the next scene. That's one option. That's kind of a soft option where you kind of raise it for discussion. Do your characters want to do anything else? And we don't get into the nitty-gritty details of what they're doing. It's just like everyone says it as a highlight or as a point. Okay, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. Okay, here's the result of what you're doing, and we're moving on to the next scene. That's a soft way of doing it. It's something that happens in a way in a lot of games. Let's say even simulation games when the GM wants to get to the next interesting part of the story. Night has come and he wants the players to go to sleep. I actually know GMs that also play through each and every shift of the night as a simulation. So that happens too. Yeah, but a lot of GMs that I played with in these kind of Pathfinder, D&D 3.5, they always ask like, okay, do you guys want to do anything else or shall we start the night? Shall we go to sleep? So they do kind of use that, but in a very, very soft way. What we're talking about is using it much more. It could be the middle of the day and the scene has just exhausted itself more than that the day has exhausted itself and the next interesting thing is going to happen tomorrow or in two weeks even and you want to fast forward that because there's no reason for you to play these two weeks when nothing is going to happen and you're waiting for the summer festival to occur or to the full moon to get to because okay your characters can definitely do stuff in that time but what is the narrative purpose of them doing that stuff yes don't we want to get to like the meat the nitty-gritty stuff Yeah, I think you're raising an interesting point. You're raising the question of what do I cut to? When is the next thing that the camera is seeing? And how to make that transition build up something for the story? You know, it it could build up tension or even diffuse tension. You know, after a big battle, we can cut to the scene of the feast after the battle or the party around the campfire. So it's really about what we're cutting to and starting to think of the game as a series of scenes that I'm putting together that have a sequence and that has a meaning that is trying to create enjoyment and engagement and making an interesting story. I think if we can do that, if the GM can use that tool as something that will make him and the players be more attentive to the story, be more engaged, first of all, it could cut your play times like crazy. 
or not, or just make your playtime more full of events and more memorable and more exciting. Definitely. But what I'm saying is I know people that play for five, six, eight hours. They can't meet in the middle of the week because they play for eight hours straight. And the reason could be they're prolonging things that shouldn't be prolonged. Yeah, there's a lot of slush that you can cut. Yeah. But the Kato, it's more than just cutting the slush. It's about creating the transitions that make the story become engaging like a good comic book or a good movie. Oh, I agree. I think you can use the tool for much more than letting the scene end in a way that doesn't kill itself, right? Uh, I use the, the cut tool. I can give you an example. By all means. Thank you. So we play Monster Hearts, as I said last week. And what I did today... Okay, so I'll tell you what happened. One of the characters' uncle got killed in a fire. And the character came to the scene of the crime and started tearing it apart from rage, not from looking for anything, from rage. And what was going on in my head was, okay, you know, this is interesting emotionally, but how long can this go on? We've got the point and he's here alone. There's no real point in prolonging this in the scene. But how do I end it in a way that's also driving the story and also interesting and also doesn't make the player feel that you know i cut him short so what i said was that after he kicks things around in that burned apartment he finds this unburned corner where he knocks something away and he finds this pack of toothpicks and at that moment he flashes back to one of the npcs an officer that always carries toothpicks in his mouth and at that point i let him understand what he understood I cut to that exact officer speaking in front of the crowd in the high school and saying, and that is why violence is never the answer. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's, that's a very good example of how to use the cut tool in a dramatic way. And I think that's the word we've been kind of circling around, dramatic way. The cut tool is a, is a dramatic tool. It, it helps create this... tension this engagement something more interesting and it helps you maybe remove the parts of play that are they can be very entertaining for certain players but for the narrative perspective they're not required they're not building up the story even in games that might be more difficult to make narrative you could still use this tool For example, if one of your barbarians gets a 20 and he's about to cut the head off of the one or two last NPCs that were fighting the group, you could just take that swing and cut the scene with it. We don't need to see all the aftermath. Definitely, if the players wanted to loot or everything, you don't stop them from that. You just move on to the next thing. You move on to a more interesting scene and maybe tell them off play what they found. But let's continue. Exactly. We don't have to see everything on screen. It's just not that interesting. Another way to use the cut tool is to switch between players. It's like switching between cameras. So if one player is taking an action and that action is going to take, you know, a couple of rounds or more time or it reaches a point that the player needs to roll or there was a certain role and it creates tension, the player wants to hear what's going to happen. At that point, you can cut and switch to what's happening on the other side of the battlefield or... Or in the other room in the castle where the rogue is trying to defuse a trap. Or in a detective, kind of a, an investigation 
seen halfway across the city. It doesn't matter. You switch because it also helps you to keep all the players engaged and to give everyone enough airtime. It also helps you decide what to do next in that scene. Maybe a role botches or a role goes really, really well, and you haven't decided on a good idea of how to make it happen, whatever is going to happen. You haven't thought it through. Yeah. So you can, as you said, make that role. Something amazing is going to happen or amazingly bad is going to happen, but it doesn't happen yet because we've cut to the other scene and you have time to think about what you want to do there. Yeah, it's a very useful tool also in that dimension and it creates very interesting scenes that are very composite. You know, they're not just like a computer game. You know, I have my turn, I click all my uh, numbers and I see what, how much damage I hit, which is fun. But from a narrative perspective, it creates more complex scenes, more like what we know from all the stories that we love and see in different mediums. So we've talked a little about this, but let's delve into it. The next scene. We've used the cut tool, we've used it prominently, and this is the next scene. How do we start it? Well, it depends. It depends where you're, what you're coming from. If you think of everything as a work of fiction, you want to ask what scene would be good right now. If I just came, as we said, from a battle scene, I might want to have a scene that's more relaxed, or I might want to have an investigation scene, or not. Or I want to shock the characters with another battle scene that's completely different. That is amazing. Have you ever tried that? No, but I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> I have a feeling it could get a bit tedious because, you know, you're just out of battle and then you're thrown back into battle. But then another battle scene, a third one happens. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then I think that's a good place to turn to your players and say, what do you guys want to see next? Yeah, what do you guys want to see next? Or even what do your characters do next? Where can we go next? Do, you, do your characters maybe go home? Do they go investigate something? Do they go after someone? Do they split up? Do they spend the night somewhere? Where can we go that's going to give us the next interesting scene? That's another important aspect. Trust the players. The GM is definitely the host of the game he's not the all-ruling master we've talked about this the players have their place in creating fiction yeah i think it's about communication it's us creating something as a group and the gm has his or her role but the players input is vital and they're creating together with the gm so when you ask this question expect to receive answers and to build on those answers creating the next scenes from those answers Maybe you have a scene in mind. Maybe you have prep that tells you that the next scene should be the scene in the dark tower of the evil lich. But no, your players want to see something else. The audience wants to see something else. You're going to change your, you know, whatever you had in your head. If it's interesting, if it works, and you all agree that that's what works, maybe they, I don't know, they veer off and they do something else. Or we see a scene of two of the characters speaking or talking in their tent at night before venturing into the dark tower whatever the players as a group think would be interesting and i'm including the gm in that right it's not just the players versus the gm it's the participants you know everyone around the table as you're speaking i've been thinking the cut that we do we can sometimes do it to non-players because we're playing it as a movie or as a series the cut could be to different characters all together and maybe give the players some kind of plot detail that the characters don't have but the players can use it to increase the drama you know what that's called what a cut scene oh <laughs> 
<laughs> really? Interesting. I mean, a cutscene is really, you know it from video games. It's the part where you're not playing, but you're watching a video and something's happening in the video that's informing the next phase of play. That's a cutscene, right? It's called a cutscene for a good reason. You cut to it and, and you get just a, a little bit of a snippet of information that's going to propel the story forward. And give the players information they can use to increase the drama, as I said. Yeah, or set the tone or all of that. Everything that a scene does that doesn't have like, the main characters in it. Definitely. I think it's a very powerful tool. I sometimes use it in games to give the, the players like these little tidbits of what's coming next or something called a cold open. If you know what that is, it's from TV shows before the, the theme song starts. There's like this scene that usually doesn't involve the main characters, but it foreshadows the episode. I always use cold opens because it always gives the player just this interesting extra taste. And the GM, he can do whatever he wants in those scenes because it's not the players deciding what to do. It's completely him. Yeah, hell yeah. You can create a lot of drama, a lot of suspense, and you can intrigue your players by adding those cutscenes that foreshadow what's going to happen or divulge more information, so on and so forth. The last thing I want to say... What do you mean the last? Are, are we going to stop? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, the, the hour is, is, is late. The, the hour is nigh. The last thing I want to talk about, actually, is an experience I had with you, which blew my mind, okay? We cool. played a game that you actually uh, designed, uh, a hack for Apocalypse World for a Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that game, yes. okay. That was a good game. I enjoyed it. Wow, I enjoyed it was that. amazing. I enjoyed and that season. Definitely. And one of the most memorable things I remember is you, of course, using the cutscene and everything and cutting to the council, the small council in King's Landing. I mean, if you don't know Game of Thrones and under which rock have you been living... <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a small council. Yes, there's a small council. And we were this house that was a very insignificant house. And the small council are very, very powerful people that run the country, run the whole seven kingdoms. And what you did is you cut to that scene, but then you let us play the small council members, which builds up on making a cutscene. It's making a cutscene and involving the players in that cutscene, which was was mind-blowing for me yeah it was great when i did it we've already done that in another campaign it was very very good it's exactly what you said it allows the players even in other campaigns one of the players said that they received a white crow and completely in one fell swoop completely changed the campaign by just using this moment of agency that they had to announce the change of the seasons players have done really amazing things with this uh, kind of cutscene played by the players as in a way npcs for one scene so yeah i think that was a really cool moment i Definitely. really enjoyed it Definitely. And I think we'll talk more about how you can give your players more variety in those ways. But uh, I just wanted to mention it because I remembered it and it was super cool. And we talked about cutscenes. And that's what we're doing here, right? We're trying to create memorable games, games that have an impact on us. Yeah. And I hope you guys remember this episode because it's over. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please give us your feedback. We are in dire need of it, okay? You can hear Amit. He's in dire need of feedback. Please. <laughs> 
We'll see you again next week. We're planning some very interesting actual play of uh, City of Mist, which is a game that you might have heard of. <laughs> um, and we're going to publish it here in the podcast. And we'll continue to speak as long as you're listening. So see you next time, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.